This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Thursday afternoon, June 2nd. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Microsoft cutting its earnings and revenue guidance. We'll find out in our next segment. But right now, the latest report on orders for factory goods is out, along with the weekly tally of jobless claims. We're joined by Carl Tannenbaum, chief economist, Northern Trust based in Chicago. Carl, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Let's start with that ADP report, the private payroll assessment of uh, new job creation in the month of May. Uh, ADP says it's the weakest growth uh, rate of the recovery so far. Uh, Does that portend a rather soft employment report from the Labor Department tomorrow morning? Rob, good afternoon. Certainly it's uh, one of a number of data points we've gotten on the American labor market this week, and it does usually uh, lead into the big numbers, which we'll get tomorrow morning on payrolls, the unemployment rate, labor force participation, and also importantly, the rate at which workers are achieving higher wage gains. Just going back earlier in the week, uh, we did hear that uh, job openings remained at a very high level, down a little bit, still an astonishing number, about two times uh, the number of people who are unemployed. We also uh, continue to see workers that are, are turning over from old jobs to new ones for better terms. And so I think a fair characterization is that this labor market is actually much tighter than it was prior to the pandemic. And while the ADP number was a little lower than expected. I'm not sure that that diminishes the story uh, that we've got uh, a lot of pressure on workers at the moment. As somebody who remembers the painfully slow recovery in the labor market following 2008-2009, it's kind of astonishing to hear some people say that uh, you want to see a little bit of an uptick in the unemployment rate and a reduction in the number of job openings uh, just takes some of the inflationary pressure out of the economy. And it, it is does sound perverse, uh, Rob, but that is exactly what the Federal Reserve is trying to do, not necessarily engineer a recession or a a big increase in unemployment, but they've said publicly that that excess of labor demand over labor supply is contributing to inflation. And certainly any of us who have tried to go to the pool or, you know, uh, you know, had service interruptions at a lot of the service firms know that uh, those establishments are really struggling to find uh, workers. And as those costs go up, they're passed along to the rest of us and higher prices for things. And the Fed wants to avoid establishing that kind of feedback loop between wages and prices. And there was a, a peak of 11 million job openings uh, in the in the country a couple of months ago. That number is starting to tick down just a little bit. But uh, the Fed's saying they'd be a lot more comfortable if that op- that number of job openings was about five or six million instead of 11 million. 
Yeah, and I think that's uh, kind of the goal. Uh, we are beginning to see in some goods-producing industries, Rob, the reports that maybe the staffing needs are, are are diminishing or that they overdid it with their hiring. But certainly now that the summer is on and people are traveling and enjoying entertainment, the service side of our economy is understaffed, and that's really going to keep the pressure on the labor market. Factory orders ticked up by uh, three-tenths of a percent in April, says the Commerce Department. That's uh, much lower than the 1.8 percent in March and well below the forecast. Uh, what does it say about the manufacturing sector right now? Two things. One, uh, demand for goods is diminishing as demand for services is increasing. And secondly, supply chains are still knotted. In fact, you could argue that they're worse today than they were during the early days of the pandemic. And that's really limiting what factories are able to do, even if there are orders. Carl Tannenbaum, Chief Economist, Northern Trust here in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, shares of Microsoft slide after a lowers guidance for the fiscal fourth quarter. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Microsoft has cut its earnings and revenue guidance for the fiscal fourth quarter. Let's take a deeper dive with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Microsoft shares have recovered uh, just a little bit. Uh, they dropped uh, 2% uh, early on in the session. Now it's down just uh, 1.3%, trading at $271 a share. Exchange rates are to blame for this uh, change in guidance. How do exchange rates uh, negatively impact Microsoft's business? Well, Microsoft does a lot of business overseas. Probably at least half their business is, is overseas. And a strong dollar makes their products more expensive when they sell them overseas. So that will impact demand for those products. And it'll also uh, bring back fewer dollars uh, on those sales. So uh, you know, it, it, the thing to keep in mind here, though, this isn't an operational shortfall. It's, it's. I don't want to say it's a counting shortfall, but it's a shortfall due to a strong dollar, which does fluctuate and, and over time does kind of normalize. And uh, I think the initial reaction that you saw when the stock was down over two percent, I think, you know, cooler heads are kind of prevailing here. And, and to me, it is not a reason to be selling the stock. Quite frankly, it's uh, again, their their underlying demand, underlying business is still quite strong and. Uh, the, these currency fluctuations tend to kind of work themselves out. And I don't think Wall Street ultimately pays too much attention to them from a long-term perspective. The uh, This is another case of uh, memories of 2008 and 2009 last a long time. And uh, 11, 12, 13 years ago, I remember anguished commentary about the strength of the U.S. dollar versus the euro and other currencies. And now the good old greenback is rocking and rolling, and that may not necessarily be a good thing in a world of free trade. Well, again, on a short-term basis, that's that's probably true. And you're, you'll see more companies um, announcing this that do a lot of business overseas in their June quarter that they'll be uh, impacted by um, currency. You know, this isn't a huge surprise. I mean, the dollar has been pretty strong here for a while, and I think the market is probably, uh, you know, discounting a lot of that impact already. And, and I think we're seeing it to some extent in Microsoft today where the stock has come back following a pretty significant drop earlier today. And then very quickly, uh, just taking a look at uh, the major indices, uh, green across the board, what's the Dow theory telling you these days? Well, it, yeah, the Dow theory's primary trend still has not changed. It is still bearish. We're, you know, we've gotten a pretty good rally last week, uh, some follow-through a little bit, at least today. 
Uh, and you get these kind of rallies during bear markets. You know, f- from the standpoint of the Dow theory, the first thing you need to have happen in order for the trend to shift from bearish to bullish is that, you know, the, the, the previous lows need to hold. And that has not been the case. And thus, you know, what we're looking at and what investors should be looking at in terms of whether this is a bottom in the market or not is really those May 19th lows in the Dow Industrials and Transports. And on the Dow, that's 31,253. That's a number that the market would need to hold up if, in fact, we have seen a bottom. And I'm kind of dubious that that low is going to hold, quite frankly. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, a tight labor market is making it tough for employers to fire anyone. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Labor Department reports the number of workers being fired or laid off has hit the lowest point on record. Let's find out why from Tessa White, CEO of The Job Doctor, based in Salt Lake City, Utah. The website, thejobdoctor.com. Tessa, thanks for joining us today. This is a startling statistic, or just remarkable, uh, that uh, the labor market is so tight that uh, companies have essentially uh, stopped firing people more or less because they don't want to uh, replace that person at their position. So my question for you is, should people put that theory to the test? (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. I do think it's going to shift back. I've seen the pendulum swing back and forth over the last three years. But there's no question it's an employee market right now especially for entry-level positions. And uh, as we're coming up on, uh, the, on, on summer and a uh, number of schools already letting out uh, for, the, for the end of the school year, uh, teenagers entering the job market for those summer jobs, what can they expect uh, if they go and work at the, uh, you know, at the golf course or the pool or the ice cream shop? Uh, do they still have that same type of uh, bargaining power as their parents did when they switched jobs after the pandemic? They have so much bargaining power, it's ridiculous. But, but a lot of the younger workers don't realize they can ask for what they need to make a job fit their life. So whether it's the hours that they need, the flexibility they need, um, it's really important that they go into, they realize they can go find the job that they want. They don't have to wait for it to be posted. Walk into any company right now and say, I want to work here. And they, chances are that company needs help. How have, uh, over the last, you know, let's say 20 years or so, since the recession of 2001, um, what has the summer job situation been like uh, for someone who is in high school or in college just looking for a little extra spending money uh, for entertainment purposes? Um, You know, how much earning power did they have 20 years ago? Has it been consistent over time, or can they make up for lost ground this year? They can make up for lost ground because the starting wages, which is what most of these positions are, has has moved up so dramatically in the last three years. Now, inflation is still a problem. The buying power isn't there, but most of these people don't have house payments. These are kids, you know, saving for to buy clothes or to go to school. And so it, it doesn't impact them quite as much. So they're getting paid more. And the other thing that's shifted dramatically is it used to be so rigid. You you know, you had to go to the jobs and they said, this is the hours, eight to five. We will only accept you if you work these hours. And that's just not the case anymore. I think that they can go in and say, I want to work from four to nine, for instance. And a company is going to be more inclined to say yes, because they need the help so bad. So that's why they can 
have a little more say to, to create the job they need for their life right now. Uh, let's say you're a, a high school student and uh, maybe you're listening right now. Your parent, Their parents are listening right now. Uh, they're going into the local ice cream shop uh, for that summer job. What are some strategies they can employ uh, outside of negotiating hours uh, that they can uh, use to either get some extra money or get a more uh, favorable uh, situation this summer? Instead of just going in and saying, I want to apply for a job, the first question they should ask is outside of what they need and what the employer needs. I would say, walk in and say, what is the biggest problem you're trying to solve right now with this hire? And when you understand that, first of all, you can position yourself as the answer to that problem. And that translates into higher pay or even asking for more money when you come at it that way, instead of passively just saying, what does the job pay? Not sure if I want it or not. Where's the application, which is what 90% of you know kids are doing. Tessa White, CEO of The Job Doctor in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. The website, thejobdoctor.com. Still ahead in Technology Thursday, the continuing evolution of smart appliances. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio. WBBM police reveal new information about the gunman who fatally shot four people at a Tulsa, Oklahoma medical building. This is Mike Krauser. Customs and Border Protection reports more than 100 fugitives have been arrested at O'Hare since last October. Technology Thursday. Manufacturers continue to add more convenient and clever features to smart appliances. General Motors cruise division could become the first company to secure a permit to charge for self-driving car rides in San Francisco. WBVM business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 183. The S&P 500 up 47. The Nasdaq up 248. We have 73 degrees right now in Chicago, going up to a sunny 76. It's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. Police in Tulsa, Oklahoma say a doctor who performed surgery on the gunman was among those killed in a shooting at a medical building. Tulsa Police Chief Wendell Franklin says the gunman had back surgery late last month, but was still complaining of pain. Franklin says the gunman bought a semi-automatic handgun late last month and on the day of the shooting. At 2 p.m. on June the 1st, Mr. Lewis purchased a semi-automatic rifle from a local gun store. Franklin says a letter was found on the gunman. Which made it clear that he came in with the intent to kill Dr. Phillips and anyone who got in his way. Dr. Preston Phillips was one of the four people killed. He blamed Dr. Phillips for the ongoing pain 
following the surgery. Another doctor, a receptionist, and a patient were also killed. The gunman died from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. I'm Ed Donahue. More than 100 people have been arrested over the past eight months by federal officers working at O'Hare. The details from WBBM's Mike Krauser. Customs and Border Protection says some were attempting to flee the country, others were arrested as they arrived. All wanted for crimes that include murder, sexual assault, child pornography, and drugs and weapons charges. 124 people since October of last year. The director of field operations in Chicago, LaFonda Sutton-Burke, says the officers have the responsibility to identify wanted fugitives at ports of entry. They use the National Crime Information Center database and cross-reference active arrest warrants with the manifests of departing and arriving passengers. That's the story from Customs and Border Protection at O'Hare. It's 1232. Markets are in plus territory today. We're joined by Michael Palumbo founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thank you for joining us today. It seems like the markets uh, digested the uh, revised guidance from Microsoft and then decided to shake it off. Well, good afternoon, Rob, and thanks again, as always, for having me on. You know, Microsoft lowered uh, fourth quarter guidance, but it was just by four cents on on, uh, concerns about the U.S. dollar strength also lowered some sales guidance. But again, this was small. So the market uh, initially reacted negatively. And then as, as it was disseminated and people kind of read it and, and realized this was a, a very small revision and actually surprising, surprisingly small, uh, we then just rallied. And we've rallied throughout the morning uh, with the S&P now up over 1%. If you're uh, concerned about fighting inflation and uh, if you're in the Federal Reserve, you know, that's jobs one through ten right now is uh, trying to bring the rate of inflation under control. If you look at some of the numbers about the labor market, uh, even though it's kind of counterintuitive, the fact that you're starting to see some signs that the labor market is cooling off, uh, housing is cooling off, manufacturing is cooling off. Do you take those as positive signs that uh, you're seeing some uh, uh, some less inflation pressure uh, in the economy at large? Well, I know the Fed thinks it's all powerful, but the actual cure for high inflation is high inflation. So, um, you know, what's happening is uh, this last shock of inflation we've had over the last year is just going to cause consumer spending to be affected and demand, overall demand for products and services to decrease. What will that do? Lower inflation. So, you know, the Fed should actually, I think at this point, be careful that they don't go too far. And, and we here at MJP Capital, we've been saying it on, on Twitter. You can follow me at MikePal10 uh, and, and also just on, on uh, different media sites that we believe that the Fed is not going to end up moving as, as strongly as indicated uh, because the economy is going to weaken, and it already is starting to. And then, you know, it's going to make some of these Fed uh, possible raises of rates just not necessary. And then what's going to happen on the other side of this? I mean, obviously, the inflation cycle is going to be crushed eventually, or it's just going to taper off you know, back to a more acceptable number. And then all of the things that were built into the economy to deal with shortages, whether it's in manufacturing, whether it's in oil or gasoline, what's going to happen once we have this infrastructure in place and all of these pressures are gone? Yeah, you might have a swing back to a, a, a deflationary scare. I, I don't think it'll get that bad. 
especially in the oil and gas industry, because quite honestly, since Biden has taken over, um, we've really stopped uh, producing here in the United States. So that's a problem as far as oil. But I do think, like I said, the overall cure for high inflation is just a period of high inflation. So we're, we're going to have it taper off, and then I think we will go into a more manageable uh, time for, for inflation. And then you still have the geopolitical risks, right? So, so that could affect things. The supply chain issues, they are not going away yet. But, but I do think that, you know, at S&P 4000, we've been very constructive about the market. We've been buyers there. It did go through it to 3900 but now you see back to 4150 And I think we're going to go higher from here, but, you know, it, with a lot of bumps along the way. And, and certainly there are a lot of risks. So I would caution investors be, be in the market, but also have your share of treasuries at this point, because now it, if they're yielding – three percent they they become attractive in my mind so have a very well diversified portfolio you should be fine michael palumbo founder of mjp capital author of the book calculated risk based in chicago thanks for joining us this afternoon coming up next in technology thursday connected appliances are getting smarter and smarter discussing the news affecting your money the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday, and the makers of smart appliances continue to add features. Let's learn about some of the latest from Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. Um, what is a smart appliance? I mean, you do have people who can control their lights via an app. They can control their thermostat via an app. Um, what are some kitchen features uh, that people can control remotely via an app on your phone? You can control almost anything. <laughs> if it's, if it's in, you know, if you can think about it, you can imagine it, you can prep meals and send instructions to a smart compatible oven. You can do that through Samsung SmartThings platform or LG's ThinQ technology. Um, you can get an alert, say, if somebody accidentally left the fridge door open or forgot to turn the oven off. Remember that? You know, you'd be an hour away from home and, oh, my gosh, we forgot to turn the oven off. That used to happen in my household all the time. So you can do things like that. You can figure out even if you have specific groceries, if you have the right smart refrigerator, all kinds of things. But at the bottom of this really is saving a lot of energy, energy efficiency, heating and cooling costs, all kinds of, of really wonderful positives about these smart appliances. Smart thermostats especially could save you potentially you know, hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars a year uh, when it comes to uh, managing uh, your heating and cooling costs. But on the, uh, on the, on the, for example, the smart oven side of things, uh, you talk about Sure. You can use the app to turn it off if you're afraid you left it on. At the same time, if you're driving home and you don't want to wait 20 minutes for the uh, oven to be preheated to 400 degrees, there's the app. Um, another one that I thought was really interesting, and I'm guilty of this one all the time, is leaving laundry in the washing machine for far too long yeah. and that it smells yep. worse coming out than it did going in. Uh, the, <laughs> your phone can send you a reminder uh, telling you, uh, you know, get the laundry out of the wash put it in the dryer dummy i mean maybe the app doesn't say that but you know just a friendly reminder to actually you know move the laundry along you know another really interesting one you can save up to 50 percent of a home's energy heating and cooling costs 
just with smart blinds. That's one that we really dove into and, and did ourselves recently. We, we are installing or about to install some new Hunter Douglas PowerView automated blinds. And it's amazing if you think about it, it helps curb something like 30 to 40% of energy bills just by lowering those blinds when it's too hot outside, raising them when it needs to be a little warmer inside. It can really, 50% of the home's energy is potentially lost through its windows, even with double-paned windows. So just something like smart blinds can save you a lot of money and a lot of energy. It's the house of the future today. Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com based in San Francisco, talking about smart appliances. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, driverless cars could be coming to the streets of San Francisco in color. It's 1243. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Self-driving cars from GM's cruise unit could soon be carrying paying passengers in San Francisco. Let's learn more now from Jeff Gilbert, CBS News automotive reporter based in Detroit. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Uh, For those of us uh, who haven't been on the streets of San Francisco in quite some time, it appears that uh, a fairly common sight in the city is... uh, Uh, automated cars with uh, safety drivers behind the wheel, and now those safety drivers could be replaced by nothing. Uh, Yeah, what's been happening is GM has been working for years to set up a a self-driving car kind of robo-taxi service in San Francisco. And as you mentioned, they've been running these automated vehicles with safety drivers. They've also been running them, in some cases, with GM people in the passenger area without safety drivers, and and also some volunteers at night, uh, you know, just regular people who volunteer. But what GM wants is to make this a for-profit business, and that's what they're waiting for is approval from officials in San Francisco and California uh, for them to give the green light to do that. Disability and business groups are in favor of uh, granting GM uh, permission to uh, put those uh, driverless cars on the streets of San Francisco, but uh, there have been some bugs. Um, for example, uh, you, a confused cruise uh, did not get out of the way of a of an emergency vehicle with the lights on, so that's something that needs to be worked on. But the fact that it's doing this in San Francisco, where there's so many hills and, and tight hairpin turns and interesting terrain, and they've passed this test with flying colors, that's got to be very encouraging. It is encouraging, and and they chose San Francisco, A, because it's near Silicon Valley, and B, as you mentioned, it's hilly. You know, streets aren't exactly lined out in a grid there, so if you can make self-driving cars work there, they'll work most anywhere else. But uh, as you mentioned, some some advocates are in favor of this. A lot of the police and fire agencies who investigate crashes are saying, hey, we're moving too fast. We, we need some more investigation on this. So, you know, it's not by any means a done deal that GM is going to get this permit, you know, in the next few days, weeks or months. We'll just have to watch and see what happens. And this is uh, the culmination of a relationship between uh, GM and the uh, tech sector that began several years ago when Google set up offices in Detroit. Um, it's got to be a feather, though, in GM's cap for all of the self-driving car startups out there that good old-fashioned General Motors uh, may be the first to uh, put a revenue self-driving car in service. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of the experts say that GM is probably in second place 
in, in the self-driving car race behind Waymo, which is a subsidiary of Google. Waymo is actually doing this in kind of an easier location, even though their headquarters are near San Francisco. They're doing it in the uh, Phoenix area. So they're already running some paying passengers there, but but nobody really has a full at-scale service yet. But but these companies are hoping to make a profit off of that. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive Correspondent based in Detroit. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 